This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com. Our mission here at the Talking Taiao podcast is to inspire and support people, businesses and communities to value the environment and act to prioritise sustainability. We would like to highlight our region's efforts in acting as guardians of the land, Taranaki Tiaki Taiao, while weaving Te Reo Māori and Matauranga within our conversations to help our wider community learn through a positive, educational and uplifting lens. Welcome to the Talking Tile podcast once again. Alvisa here. Um, and in this episode's uh, recording, we have a spe- very special guest. She is an Etu union organizer, a member of the Katikara community, and is most recently a member of a cool little book club centered on a very empowering book called Regeneration by Paul Hawken. Um, which I am part of that book club as well, so that's why we—that's how we connected. And um, thank you so much for, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you so much for coming on to this corridor with me uh, about your experiences, Sue. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me. No worries. Um, yeah, it's it's really exciting to have someone on the on the ground doing so many different things. Um, most people that we have on the show are doing lots of different things, but you in particular. You've got a, uh, you've got grandchildren, and you've got all sorts of things that you've got your hands in. Um, so, could you give us um, a bit of a summary of what else you've been involved in, and how you got involved in all this community mahi? Kilda Koto. Um, how did I get involved? I think, I guess, I mean, my involvement with Katikara goes right back to 2000 when um, I moved to Taranaki in 1996 and I guess I was looking for my tribe. Yeah. And so I joined the Green Party and became eventually the Green Party Secretary and from, through that mahi met the people from the community. Right. So for all of you that don't know about Katikara, it is a beautiful 26 hectares up on the base of the Pukai Ranges and it's an organic-based renewable energies um, completely focused on regenerating the native bush and flora and fauna up there. So that um, that really enabled me to find my tribe, <laughs> I guess. And through that process, I met Vivian Hutchinson, who was one of the founding members of Katikara. And um, we formed a, a really lovely friendship. And through him, I joined Masterclass, which was uh, active. It's a class that he was running, um, I think, I believe they're now run through Tutama Wahine. But um, yeah, Vivian started them, and it's about finding active, <coughs> a- active citizens in our community. So I loved it, and, um, and that actually led me into completely changing my career, and I became a union organiser for Etu. So again, it's very much the same, you know, connecting. It's all about connecting with people and improving our conditions and, and you know. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like, yeah, um, I really appreciate the book that you uh, 
um, gifted me yesterday at our book club, um, or the other day at our book club, about the stories behind Katsikara and the history that it holds. Um, and I'm really excited to go out and visit it sometime with you guys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great work. And, and I think it's important to acknowledge people like yourself who have been putting the mahi in for decades. Yes. You know, our generation <laughs> are coming in now and we're like, we need to change the world. And it's, it's like, I look to you guys and I'm like, these guys have been doing it for way longer <laughs> than yeah. we realize yeah, mm. definitely. I mean, I you know, I guess the movement has been going really for a long time. In the 70s and 80s, we were recycling, but we were the crazy people then that recycled, and now everybody does it, you know? So it's... It's, we're it's policy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're evolving. It's fantastic. Yeah, you know? oh, that's yeah. good. And do you feel like that gives you some hope? It does give me hope. It does. I mean, it's hard, isn't it, when every day you're just hearing all these terrible things that are happening on our planet. But, um, yeah, Taranaki is full of hope. You know, it was one of the things that most attracted me to this place. The the essence of Taranaki is pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel, how would you describe that essence? Um, I think the people here are are very different. I mean, I came from Auckland, so... um, in Auckland, you probably, you know your neighbour, but you don't know anything about them, put it that way. And, yep. and you're not as, down here, everybody, gosh, that everybody knows everybody. You know, <laughs> like you just have to be, yeah. And it, it, it makes a wonderful connection. When I first got here, it sort of amazed me that in Auckland, people ask you, what do you do? And Taranaki people ask you, who do you know? And at first that made me feel uncomfortable. I I didn't know why that was, but Mm. now I understand that it is because that mountain keeps us all very connected. Yeah, That's that's a really good point. I had a family member visit once and he (laughs) said, he's Māori as well, so it was really um, funny on my husband's side. But it was really funny because he was like, you know, this is a really beautiful place, but there's this weird, he gets a weird vibe from it. But I think it is because the Maunga is such a centred point that everyone uses as a reference, no matter where they are around the Maunga. Um, And you can tell where you are if you are familiar with Mm. its profile. Um, So people um, have a really strong connection to it, even if you're not from here. Because I've only been here for five years myself, but I know, you know, in the position that I'm in now, I know people like yourself who are so well connected. um, And it doesn't take that much being an active citizen to get to know these types of people. So you're you're right with um, the level of connection that goes on around the Maunga. Yeah, Mm. it's great. It's great. It's, you know, I love it now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Gives you a sense of belonging, eh? It certainly does. Yeah. Yeah. so we've, we've met through this book club, um, Regeneration. So what are some um, interesting things you've learned about climate change in particular, which is what this book sort of um, is, that's the theme, um, or what um, have you been inspired by by reading this book? I think what I've got most out of it, clim- the whole climate change thing has felt a bit daunting. It's felt, as I said, you know, we've been doing recycling for 40 years but it feels like we're getting nowhere. Still, there's all this pollution everywhere. Um, but this regeneration by Paul, it's regeneration, um, ending climate change in one generation. 
And when I read the title, I thought, oh, that's pretty, um, you know, seeing women doing this for 40 years, that's, that's uh, ambitious. Um, quite ambitious. But um, he, the way that he writes is really inspiring because it has, it has solutions in there that are quite simple solutions. And one of the things, the biggest things I noticed is all the solutions seem to be they look back into what indigenous people around the world have been doing because they know how to take care of the planet and then and then drawing their knowledge out of that and I, I think that's a great thing, yeah. So I guess um, there's so much I didn't know. Like, I mean, you know, we started off talking about the oceans and I had no idea about the stuff that, in the oceans, you know, the the um, the sea foreshore, sea forestation, sea forestation is that the word they're using where they're replanting? Oh, sea forestation, sea yeah, sea forestation where they're planting underneath the ocean. You know, the kelp beds that grow two feet in a day, or you know, I mean, it's just incredible. And if we can harness some of those things that we know and help by you know, the, the sea forestation, then, then you know, that is going to, it's going to move us forward in leaps and bounds for, for protecting the planet or saving the planet. Yeah. So that the book is um, full of uh, really interesting facts and um, ecological discussion, and it breaks down um, those concepts, uh, ecological concepts and examples, case studies from overseas, um, of how our relationship with the environment um, needs to change. Uh, and you talk about the sea forestation, about seaweeds, and that people are scared of seaweed when they go swimming in, in the lake and it touches their foot. And it's like, oh, you know, sea monster. Um, but that is something, it's it's in, all in their minds because they don't have a connection with what's going on under the water. And exactly. that's one of the things that I really love about the book is that people like yourself who don't have an ecology background can read it and really understand it's really laid out in simple terms and really Mm. strong examples of how we affect the environment but also how we can actually encourage a positive relationship with it and work with it rather than against it or just outright destroying it yep should be in all the education programs. That book is brilliant. It yeah. really is. I really recommend anyone get your hands on it and read it. Yeah. The, the other thing that's been great about our book clubs, this is the first book club I've ever belonged to. Um, so we're broken down into groups, and then each week um, two people will be asked to break down the chapter. What did they get from it? And so that's been it's been really interesting because people are adding into the group Um, different bits of information and YouTube videos and different different authors that have written things. And so the knowledge is really, you know, aside from the book, there's a whole lot of other really gold that's coming out. So it's great. Yeah, Yeah, I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. Um, It's been really fun watching your mind expand and understand things that I already knew, but I'm still learning alongside you, so it's really cool to be learning alongside you with this book. Um, so it's about time for a song, for a bit of a break. Uh, do you have something in mind? Yeah, I think it would be quite nice to hear Bob Marley's Three Little Birds. It's a favourite. Awesome.
back um hope you enjoyed listening to that song it's a classic <laughs> everybody loves a good bob, bob marley song um so on to the next part what are some highlights in your community or environmental journey so far so could you share us a, a few maybe um stories or highlights okay so um I guess the first thing that comes to mind is Katikara. I mean, that's been a huge part of my journey. When I first went there in 2000, I really knew nothing, um, and I, I've learnt, I've learnt so much stuff. And recently, um, the council has just recognised our land as a significant natural area, and we've had uh, a KNE put over, which is a regional council come up. It's a sort of a biodiversity plan. And it's so exciting to realise that this piece of land that we love um, is actually has a huge biodiversity. It has it has got some um, native indigenous flora and fauna that isn't anywhere else. So we we're very blessed, and and it's really come about because we just left it. So. Um, when I moved there in 2001, there was four families living up there, and for various reasons over the years, it sort of went down to, at one stage it was just myself and a house full of teenagers. <laughs> um, and the bush, we, we're always very staunch about protecting the bush in as far as treating it properly and respectfully. And... Um, 
The property was full of gorse, I've got to say. <laughs> 20, 21 years ago, there was a lot of gorse. And now that gorse is evident. You know, I've seen it's been a nursery and the beautiful native trees that have come up through that has just been astounding. So, you know, it's sometimes it's a simple stuff about just leave it alone. Don't develop it, you know. And because we have a special... Um, um, ownership. Well, we, there is no ownership. The land is is in a, an incorporated society, and we believe that we are guardians of the land. Nobody owns it, and nobody can have any procuring gain from it. And so, while we've seen in our area lots of properties have been subdivided, and there's houses going up everywhere, our this beautiful piece of land is is going back into real native bush and that's it's regenerated regenerated yeah <laughs> and it's exciting yeah <clears throat> that's awesome that's such a beautiful story and like I said I'm really excited to go and, and check out the biodiversity in that I area can't wait <laughs> and, and what you said about the gorse there's that um what's that documentary about the Banks Peninsula uh community that have um <clears throat> regenerated their massive piece of land um Dreamer, fools and Dreamers That's there's right. a little documentary yes. and he highlights just how much leaving gorse alone acts as a nursery for the natives to come up so that predators can't nibble on them yeah. um, and then once the once the canopy develops the gorse dies back it dies dies off That's right um, mm. so it's like it's like no one not many people are, are um, brave enough to uh, to trust the earth. And yes. that much um, for it to regenerate itself. So that's it's really cool to have a second, you know, story there that we can um, that we've recorded that you explained that shows just how much gorse can actually help regenerate if you just leave it alone. Sure, it takes time, but just like anything, it also takes trust yeah. um, and trusting the process. Yeah. So yeah. that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the chapters in the book that I really enjoyed too was about, it was called The Wild Wilding yeah. one, and that is about just let, let you know, we're, we're so sort of conditioned into everything, having clear lines and the lawns being perfect and the gardens and... You know, so I'm loving it because it's actually given me an excuse to um, let the garden be a little bit wild. Yeah, do less yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, it's been exciting. Yeah, for sure, mm. awesome. Um, and through reading this book, what do you or what did you hope to achieve, and has that changed? Well, I guess. Um, Knowledge was what, I, I mean, that's what we read stuff for, is it, to gain mm. knowledge. But um, what I gained was some excitement. So I, I sort of went into it quite seriously and, you know, I'm going to learn some stuff that 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 is new to me. But however, what I've, what I've come away with is I feel really excited, you know, and I, it, the possibilities in our own little space. It doesn't have to be this big thing. We can just start it in our own gardens, in our own land, and in our own whanos. And, you know, yeah, that's exciting. Have you had... Um, achievable. Oh, yeah, totally achievable, yeah. Um, especially yeah. when you're working with people rather than trying to do it by yourself, Yeah. Um, which I've experienced myself. You f- sometimes you feel so alone in your in your purpose or in, in the mahi that you're doing, and then you look around and you realise there's lots of people doing their little parts and accumulatively it is actually having an impact and like you said you know 
um, <clears throat> councils are starting to recognise more that biodiversity is so important to our societal health um, and community health and well-being. So that's really cool that they've recognised that and they've actually acknowledged that in, in a, at that level. Um, but uh, I can't remember what I was going to ask, but um, it was something along the lines of um, how... Oh, yes. Have you shared what you've been learning about regeneration with people outside the book club? Yes, yes, I have been, because, you know, it's it's that's one of the beautiful things, the way that um, Paul Hawken articulates himself. It, it's easy to... It makes sense, and so it's easy to talk about it, yeah. as opposed to, you know, sometimes you read and it's so full of information and facts it's hard yeah. to pass on and Too be accurate yeah 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 so yeah no I definitely have been talking about it I've got a few of my friends who are lining up to read the book after me so awesome. yeah and Paul yeah. Will, will appreciate the sales yeah yeah <laughs> well I think we should try and get it in the schools I think that um that's the kind of thing that this next generation you know they're going to say why did you take so long why is this taking so long oh they're staying that now eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah and so yeah i think we need to be mm. you know getting this knowledge out there i just had an epiphany the, the the name of the book being regeneration it's not just about the environment and, and about climate change and you know it, the the second part or the um subtitle of it is um solving climate change in one generation or, or fixing climate change or whatever it's like regeneration. It's like it's it's a yeah. <laughs> there's two meanings to it. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't get that before <laughs> this moment right now. Oh well. <laughs> Makes so much there you sense. Go. Learning. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to the second half of the book where he actually starts going into how we can actually share the, spread this message, how we can engage people in in the message and in that knowledge that the book talks mm, about. Mm. Um and how we're actually way more. I mean, you're. We're both involved in unions. We know the power of of community and yeah, and yeah. backing collective each other up. Power. Mm. That's where it's at. Collective power. Yeah. Yeah. So. Engaging. So, <clears throat> just to I guess close up. Um, do you, what uh, sort of message would you like to leave with our listeners, or or even a story or something that they can sort of um, they can ponder on. Um, read the book if you get, you know, look it up, <laughs> get it on your Kindle and read it. It's it's well worth it. Um, stories. Stories is how we pass on information that we've been doing that for many, many generations. And I think um, that's the key. You know, keep talking, keep connecting people, keep, keep those questions and answers happening. Mm. That is a really beautiful message, and I think that if people uh, apply that in their lives, they'll definitely see the difference that it makes, yeah. you know, in the people around them, but also to themselves and their own well-being. So thank you so much for that message. Thanks for being uh, on the show for this episode, So You're doing amazing, Mahi, and um, I would say that people like you are role models to me, and I hope that I achieve just as much as you have. Yeah, so I was going to say ditto, because what I've learnt from you, Elvis, has been amazing, and it's, it really inspires me when I meet young people who just get it, you know, it's fantastic. Oh, thank you so, so thank much. thank you, thank you for this opportunity. Awesome. All right. Ka kite anō. Ka kite anō. 
This show is created and made possible by Sustainable Taranaki. Sustainable Taranaki is a charitable trust that was started in 1992 in Inglewood by a group of progressive environmentalists. It now has grown and expanded its reach, but keeps the same vision of prioritizing our environment and educating the community. This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air.